0: Hello everybody and welcome once again to the Live from the Hive, the St. Ambrose Community Podcast. Today I'm very excited because we are joined on the line by the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Jeff Bottle. How are you, sir?
1: I'm very good, Mr. Levin. How
0: are you? I'm very, very well. Thank you, sir. Now tell me, how are you staying sane in this world, going a little bit topsy-turvy?
1: Uh, well, I've got my family around, so that's it's always good to hang out with them, but uh, I've been trying to set up my uh, house as a little bit of a, an entertainment facility, so we've got our pool, which is not quite finished, you know, because of COVID restrictions and the Queensland border closure, where the last step, we're just waiting, so we have been for a month, so uh, that could be a lot of fun, but we've got a pool table, table tennis table, I've just bought a uh, a Pandora's box, which is an arcade machine, plus we've got, you yeah, all the other of life things of like television and walking, exercise, getting out on the bikes, all that sort of stuff. So,
0: oh, my goodness. You know, having a
1: bit of fun with with everything.
0: We're never going to be able to get you back to St. Ambrose. You're just going to be um, hard-pressed to leave it.
1: Uh, the sad part about it, not sad, I suppose, but, yeah, you know, I do actually miss everybody at St. Ambrose and all the kids and all that sort of stuff and uh, my little groups that I take uh, and that sort of thing and, and just watching them alone. And that's, I, I do actually miss that, even though. I get some of it with my kids.
0: Well, that's interesting as well because you actually do you, – you have a very special role at St Ambrose in the work that you do with the green team and the little um, groups that you do. Can you tell me a bit more about the green team and the sort of work that you've done with them?
1: Yeah, well, the green teams uh, they're great kids. Um, lots of uh, enthusiastic people that get, or you know, kids that get involved with uh, doing the gardening and, and doing a lot of the, the – should I say less than pleasant jobs that can be around the school? So, uh, with the compost bins and uh, emptying rubbish and that sort of thing from the from the teacher staff room and and bits and pieces. So the more responsible Year Six kids you get to do all that fun stuff, and I, I really would like to congratulate a few of them that you know sometimes they're cleaning out the green bins that are, are quite smelly and and uh, not very pleasant, but they get in and do it. So I'm really proud of uh, all the green team students that come through. But we've been working on the gardens for a while, so. I haven't been. I haven't really had a chance to look at them in the last week. But we've had some really good cauliflowers growing, and uh, we've got lots of cherry tomatoes. And, and I tried to plant some flowers. So I was hoping that maybe when we get back open up, we can get the kids making some bouquets for for the teachers and bits and pieces, just to say thank you for all the work that they've been doing over the, over the lockdown. But last I saw, they weren't doing too well. So I'm hoping that uh, in the last week or so, that they might have come up and uh, you know, and uh, you know, we'll get some of that stuff happening. But. Uh, We've uh, really got uh, some very nice weather here today. <laughs> it would be a nice time to get out in the garden and do some work.
0: Absolutely it would. And it's it really is a credit to those young boys and girls from year six that do go out and do those less than pleasant jobs, as you say. And they always seem to do it with a smile and a hello. It never seems to be too much of a chore.
1: I've, I've never had any issue finding kids to, to do that. And even to the point where they're actually... Go ahead and do it without asking, you know, like the, the unpleasant jobs of cleaning out the bins and, and making sure, all, you know, that if there is a, you know, rubbish that's been stuck to the bottom of it and festering for a little while and, and you know, that they get in and clean them out and do all that stuff without even being asked. So I, I really do appreciate uh, those students that, that do do that sort of stuff because, I mean, if they don't do it, then it's me. Um, <laughs> that's <yeah>. true. <laughs> but yeah, the, 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 there are some that, well, not the, they aren't, there aren't all impressive in their own ways, but uh, especially the, the ones that do that, the green team members do that sort of stuff. I, I have a special place in my heart for because they do, they, they do some unpleasant things and they you know, do have a smile on their face when they're doing it. So I think they'll do well, those people.
0: Absolutely. Well, I think the skills and the um, well, the skills that they're learning doing it with with you and under your guidance are going to transfer to their adult life. And um, it, it, it's a very admirable thing that you're doing. You guys in the Green Team uh, got a little bit of recognition, didn't you, earlier this year by way of a um, was it a competition or simply a showcase?
1: Um, I've, I've got a feeling that you uh, We have received awards in the past for the uh, from the uh, Tweet Council and that sort of thing in regards to um, the green the green team and, and what we do at the school. Yes. I'm not sure if you're thinking about the green innovation.
0: That's what I'm talking about. Yes, yes.
1: <laughs> so that is a little bit different. So with the Year 5 students each year, we participate in the Northern Rivers Green Innovation Awards. Uh, so what that is is basically it's a open to primary school and high school throughout the Northern Rivers, and they've got to come up with an, an environmental idea, so something that... Uh, that will help improve the environment, and there's lots of different things that they can do. So last year we made a website and did all sorts of crafts and uh, recycling ideas, like making bags out of old t-shirts and clothing, and uh, you know using an old Nutella jar to make a milkshake for you know to use the last bit and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> um, so this year we've we've come up with we're making a fairy garden or a fairy walk. Uh, so we're actually. Um, Creating the fairy houses out of recyclable or uh, recyclable materials. Uh, we're going to—I'm in negotiations with council at the moment. It has been paused because of all this lockdown and that sort of thing—to see if we can get them put up at the environmental park. And so, kids will be able to walk around and see all these houses, and then on each house there'll be a QR code with a video message from the kids about how they can help the environment. So, you know, use recycle, uh, use. Um, don't stop the use of single-use plastics, use uh, multi-use bags and that sort of thing, or don't pollute pollute in the ocean or stop overfishing of the oceans and that sort of thing are some of the messages they're going to get across. Hopefully once we open up, we'll be able to get all that out there and and, um, we'll be able to take some kids around and have a walk through the environmental park.
0: That is such a great idea. I wonder if there's anybody at home who might be listening to this, um, parents who are quite crafty and whatnot. Are you looking for people to help you out or have you got pretty much all bases covered for the moment?
1: At the moment, so the finals were supposed to have been about two weeks ago um, and and we were very close to being sort of ready to submit our, our video and that sort of thing uh, for, for that. So all the houses are pretty much done. Uh, the videos are all done for the, for the messages and um, we just needed to fit, put the finishing touches in our final video. So that's going to happen again in, in November. Uh, so hopefully we'll all be you know, at school and right. raring to go. But yeah, it, was, it is a bit of a pity because we would have loved to have some parents come in and help with the arts and crafts and, mm. and the designs of the houses and that sort of thing. But unfortunately, due to COVID, it just stopped that from happening this year
0: yeah it has been a shame just the actual community involvement for in within the school has um well, it's been somewhat decimated hasn't it by the by the rules and regulations of the time but fingers crossed it can pass and we can get back to a sense of normality
1: yeah no i'm really looking forward to that like i so with the garden that sort of thing there's three parents that sort have of expressed interest in coming out and, and helping with the gardens and that sort of thing and and you know the more parents involved the more kids love to be there and and all that sort of stuff. And, and, you know, I I do miss that sort of side of things uh, because that's how I started at at St. Ambrose. I I came in as a parent and, um, and, you know, got involved with reading groups and I helped with the garden and a few other bits and pieces, uh, the parent forum and that sort of thing. And and that's how I sort of got started at St. Ambrose. I've enjoyed every minute of it. Um, You know, everything that I've done has been rewarding in many ways.
0: Uh, you're an absolute asset to the place. I can honestly say that. And I think that when you're sitting on your back veranda on your pool playing your uh, Pandora's box of, uh, of video games, you can know that your rest time is absolutely well worth it. Now, I want to I explore your, th- th- this little video game console out there because I'm sure that there's a lot of kids that might be listening to this one, Mr. Bottle. Um, which games are really calling your name at the moment? Okay,
1: so, well, I'm, I'm, you know, a bit old school, so it's always the early 90s sort of stuff. Uh, so, like, Street Fighter Two was the one that, that I played a lot when I was a kid. so for, I tried it last night for the first time, and I didn't do very well. I couldn't get past the third person, <laughs> which is a little bit embarrassing, because I took finish it back in the day. Um, so, I've got to put a little bit of work into that. Um, but, yeah, NBA Jam, I, I played that. I don't know if uh, anyone you know and that all the old players that I had in there uh, you know, names I haven't heard in a long time and I was uh, so that was yeah that was fun I was playing as Charles Barkley yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, so, like, I I didn't get much of a go yesterday afternoon because my kids after they uh, after they finished their schoolwork they they, they got onto it and uh, they played all sorts of different games because there's about ten thousand different options but yeah, you know, about half of them. are. In foreign languages and stuff like that, yes. so they're not exactly 10,000 games, but yeah, so it was it was good. And there's some very, very old ones in there as well. Like, is that a girl name Pac <laughs> Man? <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's one of the oldest games <laughs> you can get, so yeah, no, I've, it's just something that I, I, as a kid, I was a gamer, uh, you know, I used to go to the arcades and do the super sessions of time zone and all that sort of stuff. So, I mean, they're a little bit different now, the half the machines take up, you know. You know, five times as much space as the old ones and they're all these big things and you know, they've all got these massive graphics and, and very specified to the game but you know, back in the good old days just had the joystick and a few buttons and just banged away for a few hours.
0: Well, I think that was the big thing with Street Fighter 2 when it first came out because it was one of the first uh, arcade machines that had the six buttons. Everything always had the joystick and sort of A and B or there might be three buttons. But when when Street Fighter came out and you had the idea of the low-medium hard punch, low-medium hard kick, um, it just changed everything. And I, I can see, while I didn't know you as a younger man, I can see you as being the quite tall man at a time zone, just taking everyone's money. Because that was one of the first times that I think kids from, from the 90s and 80s really learned a pecking order um, out in the world, yeah. it Was when you'd walk into a time zone and there would be five or six people crowded around Street Fighter and there'd be one person that would just continuously play because... They had the right of the game, really. If you wanted to, to go and take over, you had to knock them off and you had to pay for the privilege.
1: Yeah, and unfortunately I was uh yeah, I I was the one that was the spectator most of the time. <laughs> like while I was reasonably good at it, you know, after many hours of practice I was I've never been a great you know, video game player. Like, you know, there's some people that are just very good at them. Um, and I'm not one of those people. I do enjoy it, and it is a you know, massive waste of time now. But um, you know, as I said, it's just it's an escape, and I, I don't mind playing. I played for probably about an hour last night. I think I'd had enough by then because you know I got sick of losing. But uh,
0: <laughs> still yeah, trying, no, still was, trying to was, beat Chung Lee.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, it was Ken, and I, I couldn't, I couldn't get past.
0: Who was the which <laughs> character were you playing with? I
1: was playing Ryo. Right. Of course. I, I did go to Gaol at one stage, just to shade it up a bit. Um, and like, I, I could use Chung Lee and you know Zangus if you could if you could really get that uh, spinning move right. But I, I found that I couldn't get the special moves done, and that's that was really killing me. Yeah. Because instead of doing the special move, I just do a little punch or something. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> it kicks me in the face or whatever it is. Yeah.
0: I like to get so, it. Yeah, that was. Sorry, you go.
1: No, I was going to say that—that's yeah. You know, it's probably just reliving a bit of youth, rather than you know having to play it all the time, sort of thing. So I really enjoyed the nostalgia of it, I suppose, as much as I do playing the game.
0: But I say, why not? Re- why not revisit the youth? I think it would be awesome to one day go to your back patio, play some Street Fighter, and listen to the hottest 100 of 1996. I'm—I'm I'm happy with that. Yeah. that. That sounds like I a very good afternoon.
1: Probably one of the only hottest one hundred albums I ever bought. I think around ninety six. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, ho-
0: the hottest one hundred. No, it's changed. I was now. Say, that's
1: when I was in my prime. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's changed now. I, I, I don't listen to um. I don't listen to the old hottest one hundred like I used to.
1: Yeah, music is not something that I've ever been massive with. Um, I mean, I don't mind music, and I don't mind having it in the background, but. Uh, talking to Mr. Sender, you know, on the Thursdays and Fridays that we work together, and, and yourself, and, and Mr. Palomara. you know, all you guys are, you know, quite talented musicians. And <laughs> um, I even got a story from Mr. Sender about how blues started, you know, back in Malawi, and you know how it was a communication device between villages and that sort of thing. And they used to sing you know, the the sort of the messenger used to sing the message to the you know next the tribe's king, which you know could be. You know, hundreds of kilometers away, and they would know, run singing a song to, to remember it and that sort of thing. So, I found that fascinating. But yeah, as uh, I said, I, I just didn't. Yeah,
0: I've not heard that story just, from Mr. Sender. I'll have to hit him up for it.
1: Oh, uh, you got to listen to it. It's actually a good yarn. I was, uh, I, I was quite riveted by, by it. It's a yeah, you know, you know The sort of the birthplace of blues isn't in the southern US. It's you know, it's actually in Africa, and you know, it was it was more of a practical. Use than a than a, than a sort of entertainment and that sort of thing. So,
0: wow, that's yeah, it. I, it was, I had Mr. Sender on um on the Life from the Hive, and um, he was it was a wonderful conversation. But he didn't quite tell me the story of that one. So maybe we'll have to get him back another time. So, Mr. Sender, if you're listening to this, you're going to have to come back. I think because I think everyone's going to want to hear that story.
1: Yeah, yeah no. As I said, I, um, I I really did enjoy it, and he's quite a knowledgeable. Uh, knowledgeable man on especially on that subject anyway
0: absolutely now before we um head off it wouldn't be a conversation with mr jeff bottle if we didn't touch on the nrl how are things going i'm not i'm not very happy to see that my raiders are coming 10th
1: yeah i know i was um i don't know i I think we've had a pretty bad season i'm a raiders fan too just for the listeners um we've had a pretty bad season i'm not sure if i really could have you know, watch them go into the finals and just get thrashed in the first round and, and drop out, which may not have happened. We, you know, we may have come good, but I've been saying that the whole season. <laughs> oh, next game we'll, we'll improve, we'll come better, we'll, we'll get good. And, and Just had it happen for us this year. But uh, I mean, I think it's pretty hard to go past the Melbourne and, and Panthers. Um, they probably do deserve the win because they have been the best two teams all year. But, I mean, the finals always throw a bit of a spanner in the work works, so we'll have to sit down and see, see what unfolds.
0: There does seem to be a massive disparity though between the top three and the rest of the top eight, I think. You've got, this, I'm just looking at the stats right now, you've got the Storm Panthers played 24 one twenty one. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, that's, and you know, I mean I think Panthers equaled the record last year and then Storm have equaled the record this year
0: mm. for the
1: most wins in a row and that sort of, thing. it's just um, yeah, it is, it is unbelievable to think that they've lost, you know, who I would consider one of the best player to ever play the game in Cameron Smith. And it looks like they, he was holding them back. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> done better without him.
0: <laughs> well, they just have such depth coming through. It's kind of like, you know, the, yeah. the, the Storm are a bit like the, the the All Blacks in that it doesn't matter if you lose yeah. one of your starters, you've got a wealth of talent waiting to take that jersey up.
1: Well, it just... I just flabby asked me that they had, you know, Harry Grant, Ryan Pappenhausen playing on the bench for half the season. Like, they would start at every other club, not just some, every other club they would be the starting hooker and, and fullback mm. and they were playing off the bench. Well, they, they had good enough players in their team to say, okay, we're going to put Harry Grant and Ryan Pappenhausen on the bench. I mean, that's just uh, mind-blowing to me. It really is. Well, there is the, yeah the potential international players that are sitting on the bench. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And what what is it particularly about the the Storm and the Panthers? How how is it that they've been able to create these super teams, do you think? Like, what are they doing different to the Roosters or the Eels?
1: Well, I I just think that they've they've mastered the art of getting the the momentum back. I think that seems to me to be the difference between especially the lower teams. If they lose momentum, they just cannot get it back, and I think it's defensive structures that do that. I like guess um, whether it's you know the coaching or the players, you know, or a combination of both. I think it's defensive structure and the ability to stop the other team when you when you're on the back foot. And I think Melbourne have always had that, and the Panthers have developed that over the last couple of years. But to me, it's it's the great Bennett teams always had it, and the Roosters used to have it. Yeah, you know, they've just lost so many players that probably, I mean that's why they're still better than most people because they, they they can sort of they they know what to do or how to stop the momentum of other teams and get it back into that arm wrestle. And as I said, I watch so many teams they lose momentum and they don't touch the ball for 20 minutes, especially under the new rules. Absolutely. And so I think that's yeah, I think that's the key in the modern game, unless they change the way they referee the game, is the key for for the team is to be able to sort of stop the momentum of the other team when they get on the front foot. And I think that's where South have always have struggled this year. And it's unusual for a Bennett side. But, you know, they've leaked points pretty quickly. So most, the other two teams haven't done that. Like Panthers and Melbourne just haven't done that all season. Whereas, you know, you know everybody else has.
0: Maybe that's, and I think
1: that, that that's, yeah, that's going to be the difference.
0: I think that's the secret to life as well, isn't it? If you if you find yes. that things aren't aren't going your way, take stock and change the momentum. Don't get deflated.
1: Yeah, well, that's if you stop, then you then you you know, you're going to get thrashed, aren't you? So if you if you keep going, or change direction, yeah, at least you're, at least you're still moving forward and and uh, making progress. Hopefully,
0: there's a metaphor in that for uh, for what's going on with yeah. the world. Don't don't let it get you down. Keep moving forward with a smile.
1: Uh, well, it's one of the things I love about working at the school, watching kids every day struggling with something and then when they finally get it you just you know it's just such a great great thing to watch and it's a great thing to be a part of Uh, watching kids just get something that they had nothing you know to start off with because they keep grinding it out keep trying Um, and they're they're so good at it all of them are just so good at keeping trying even even in the face of uh, a bit of adversity and that sort of stuff and that's where i that's why i love my job
0: Jeff, you are an absolute yeah. asset and a credit to um, th- credit to the school and credit to yourself. Thank you for sharing this time with me. I really do appreciate it.
1: No, no worries. I, I'm ho- hopefully that was interesting for our listeners. And uh, <laughs> um, Yeah, thank you for inviting me on.
0: Not a problem. Thank you very much, Mr. Bottle. Is there anything you want to say as you fade out? No,
1: no that's right. Thanks, Mr. Lubin.
0: <laughs> ta da